you know, when Jesus came in to Jerusalem on that day that we, we call the triumphant entry, he didn't come in riding on a device like most kings would. They, come, they would come in in their horse and buggies, their steeds, and, and make a big show of everything. But Jesus didn't do that. He came in on a donkey, one of the lowest forms that we could ever imagine, a king riding on a donkey. Now, what always amazed me about that story was as he came in to Jerusalem, people began putting their cloaks on the ground, and they were waving palm branches at him, and they were shouting, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Everyone just wanted to be there to see him because of all the things they'd seen him do. I never understood that, and, and that passage of Scripture has always baffled me because I couldn't imagine what that experience would be like until some years ago. While I was policing, I worked with Georgia Special Olympics, and we did fundraisers for the Olympics, and uh, we would meet at Emory University for the opening ceremonies of the Winter Games. And we would have police officers from all over the state show up, and we would have them out there on their motorcycles with the blue lights blaring, and we would have our own Olympic torch that we would run in and pass off to one of the special needs community, and they would light the, the torch. But this particular night, after the ceremony was over, myself and some other officers were walking back to our patrol cars, and a crowd of special needs people, not just kids, but adults too, just wanted to come up and touch us and talk to us. And you would think that it would be a very prideful event. And when that happened to me, I thought about Jesus coming into Jerusalem that day and how much humility he experienced in that moment. And humility is what I want to talk to you about today. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 5 through 11. It says, Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider himself equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man, in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you this morning and thank you again for this time that you've given us to come together. And Father, I ask that you would be with me today and give me guidance and direction in the words that are spoken. Empty me of my own spirit. Empty me of my own desire, my own will. And fill me with words, Father God, that would be pleasing and bring hope and inspiration to all of us gathered here today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, I, I think about Jesus coming into Jerusalem on that donkey, and, and, and I'm amazed that 
some of the things that I see. And, and the very thing I, that, that really I had a hard time wrapping my mind around of is the first time is that he's actually on a donkey and not coming in glory as we would think it to be. And you know what? I think that's what the people back then thought about Jesus when they heard about his arrival in Jerusalem. I think they were wanting him to to come into their lives in power and glory as they know it, meaning they wanted a, a, a king or a politician who was going to come in and, and overthrow the Roman government so that they could reclaim their land. They didn't understand then who it was that Christ really and truly was. He came in a different kind of power and glory. And we're told in this passage of Scripture for us to, to take on that same mindset, to, to make our own attitude that of Christ Jesus, where it says, who existing in the form of God did not consider himself equal with God as something to be used for his own advantage. And I see that passage of Scripture, and I think about all the things that, that Jesus could have done in the time that he spent here on earth, how he could have shown his power and authority. He didn't have to stand there and be ridiculed and mocked by his very own creation. He didn't have to experience that. But he took time during those moments that were uncomfortable for him where he was put on the spot, where, where his power was being questioned. And he took time to understand who it was that was speaking to him and sometimes why they spoke to him in the way that he did. See, sometimes when, when we're hurt or disappointed, we, we want to lash out at someone or we want to, to blame somebody for the reason something happened. And I think that the people in that day had saw their kingdom fall and taken over by another government. And they didn't understand the full picture of what was happening. And it's so easy when, when our own lives are being invaded by, by thoughts, ideas, or, 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 or anything outside of our own control for us to, to become angry or bitter at what's, what's happening. And sometimes we would think that, that as a Christian, it would be our duty and responsibility to stand up and fight for those principles when really and truly what we would be standing up and fighting for are what we perceive as our rights. And Scripture tells us that as Christians to be something different than what our emotions tell us to be. Tell us to be humble and not prideful. To sometimes let go of, of, of how we're feeling or what we're thinking and take the moment to ask that question that they've been asking ever since the 80s, what would Jesus do? Sometimes if we approach the world with the attitude of Christ. It may not necessarily change our circumstance, but it will change us. And in time, it will change the world around us. This passage of Scripture is complex, at least for my simple mind, because it speaks of the way Jesus came into this world. Could you 
imagine for a moment what it would be like to be the king of heaven. To be the one who was with the Father in the very beginning when this world was spoken into existence. To have all power and authority over everything. And then stand before your own creation and be rejected. Not because you did something wrong, but because you did everything right. You went against the flow, the, the natural thought processes of man. But that's what he did. And he did so for us. He humbled himself to the point of obedience to death, even to death on the cross. Here's how I think about that. There are many times in my life where I've witnessed friends of mine, co-workers who would put their lives on the line to to rush into a burning building to, to save a child or an adult who was trapped inside of a burning building. And even one time, put his life on the line to run into a building that was ready to collapse to save the, the pet of the person that lived in that home. You know, I thought to myself, you know, uh, a person I might understand, but a pet. But when that firefighter come out of that fire and I had the opportunity to speak to him. This is what he told me. He said, you may not value that pet above human life. But if you put yourself in the position of the person who is about to be at loss, you find that what they value most in that moment becomes the very thing that you value. And I think Jesus kind of saw that when he looked down at humanity, that that he saw humanity was hurting and dying and that they were in need of of spiritual fulfillment, that they were in need of, of hope for a better life that they were in need of of someone to to come and lead the way so that they could have the types of lives that they wanted to live. Life is full of problems. We know that. But but Jesus teaches us how to overcome those problems. He looked upon humanity, and he saw the things that were important to us as a people, the things that that we value, and he made those things important to himself. And in doing so, left eternity to take on the lowly form of man, to lead us in a way that was different than the way that other leaders were acting in that time. He taught us how to love the people around us. 
when others didn't love them. And we all know that that's not an easy thing to do because we are a people that like community. We like to, to be with people who are like us. And when we're in that group, oftentimes we encounter someone that, that doesn't ma- match that mold, that doesn't fit into that group. And it is so easy for the common people to just stay in that group and not come out and make a difference in that other person's life. But we know from experience, and we know from from reading the accounts of Jesus' life, that we are called and empowered to live a life that reaches out and touches those around us. And we don't do it for our own pride. And we don't do it for for our own desire. We don't do it to look good in the eyes of people. We do it because that's what Christ calls us to do. And that's the example that he gave to us. And he calls us to to act like he did and, and that he brings hopes to people's lives. One of the stories that that I love most about Jesus' encounter with people is when he sees the the man at the well who who can't walk and he wants to be healed and he's been laying there for years just waiting for his opportunity to make it to the well. Because see, the story says that that on certain days that the angels would dip their wings into the pool of that well and the water would ripple. And when that happens, then the first person who came into that well, the well of Bethesda, would be healed. And Jesus saw this man, that he didn't have an opportunity whatsoever to fulfill that dream, to just touch the water, to be made well, so that he could live the life. Instead, Jesus stood from the outside and looked in at the reality of what was happening in people's lives. And he approached and he asked them, do you want to be well? And his response would probably be much like ours. We would tell him, well, I do want to, but I can't because I can't get there. We would tell Jesus why it is we can't do the things that we want to do. And sometimes... Those reasons are valid. But Jesus teaches us here to intervene because of the needs of others. See, we as a people can take our time to look around the community in which we live And see the needs of others. And ask. What can I do for you today? To help you a little further along the way. We don't have to show up. In all of our power and glory. We don't have to show up and say. I'm the Mr. Policeman. I'm here to to make your life better. And we don't have to show up and say that, that I'm the great politician here to help you. Because truth be known, that's exalting ourselves 
at the need of someone else. Remember, Jesus left his throne to take on the form of man. And I think sometimes that's what we should do. That when our intent to help someone is really and truly about helping them, it doesn't matter about our status. You know, I think we misuse the word pride quite often. We tell ourselves that we're proud of our children for their accomplishments or that we're proud of ourselves for, for the things that we've overcome. But I think truly what we're saying is this, that we are pleased with the behavior of our children and we're pleased with the choices they've made or, or we're pleased with the way that we've overcome certain obstacles in our life. See, Scripture's clear. Pride goes before the fall. And when we look at the true nature of pride, it has nothing to do with how we feel about the accomplishments of others or even ourselves. Pride in its truest form stands against the very nature of God. Pride, in its truest form, tells us to, to exalt ourselves above others and to take from God the glory that belongs to Him. Pride doesn't bring healing and it doesn't bring hope. It brings destruction to all that God wants to do for us. And remember that, that Jesus came into this world for the very reason that, that he wants us to, to have a life of abundance, that he wants us to experience everything that, that God has for us. And he taught us that in the way he lives and in the way that he died. It would have been so easy for Jesus on that day to speak to the crowd that gathered at the foot of the cross as they cried out to him that if you are the Son of God, come down and save yourself. In the blink of an eye or the snap of a finger, he could have made it happen. But Jesus knew what his task was. Not just that day, but many days before. He knew that in order to save the world, that in order to, to reconcile man back into good relationship with God so that man himself could stand in the presence of love, stand in mercy, and stand under grace. 
He had to give himself at the cross at Calvary. One passage of scripture translates like this. That Jesus didn't consider it robbery to consider himself equal to God. Now, from my background, robbery is not a good thing. It means that you take possession of, of something that doesn't belong to you and you and you take it as if it was your own. But in the Greek translation, what they're talking about is this. Something was taken. It's because it was something that was treasured and embraced. So what they're saying is, is that, that Jesus, when he looked to the Father and he looked to the kingdom from which he came, that he didn't consider it robbery because he already owned it. Those powers and those, uh, that authority that Jesus had was not something that, that he would take from somebody else. It was already something that belonged to him. But it was something that he gave up of himself to enter our world that we may be saved. We walk humbly as a people. And as we walk humbly, we encounter God in a, in a new and different way that we may not truly understand. Humility is not weakness by any means. In my mind, it's the epitome of strength. It means that, that I can carry the burden of the people around me, that, that when I'm trying to, to help them a little further down the road, that, that I can take the, the insults or, or the pain that they're hurt, hurting with or the, the suffering that they carry and for a moment make it mine instead of theirs. Humility says that, that I am strong enough to say to God, thank you for what you've given to me and thank you for what you've allowed me to accomplish. Matthew 23, 12 says, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who will humble themselves will be exalted. And I love that passage. It, it tells me of something that it took me a long time to, to truly come and understand. And that's this. That when I allow myself to serve others, I don't have to worry about what I think about myself or what others think about me. Because I am spending my time doing what Jesus called me to do. And that's to take care of those around me. And I don't mean just giving of things, but being patient as they grow 
and begin to encounter life. Anyone who's raised a child knows what that's like. As we watch them time and time again make mistake after mistake, wanting to, to, to jump in and fix everything for them, knowing that that's not the, the best way to do it, but allowing them to learn from the mistakes that they've made and help keeping them on that road that will bring them to life. We make it about them instead of about us. And when we think about our leaders who have come before us, you can think about the politicians, but I think about the religious leaders. The Wycliffs, the Tyndales, the Calvins and the Wesleys, who in our day we, we look upon history and we see their wonderful acts and we lift them up as marvelous creations of God because of the things that they've done. And we do that because they entered their call to Christ with humility instead of arrogance. You see, when we live on our lives with humility, God has a way of exalting us before the eyes of people. We may not recognize it and we may not see it because we don't think sometimes that, that the people around us see the work that we're doing. But then there comes a day when someone says, James, if it wasn't for you on that one day, I might have done something that would have changed my life forever. You'll get the credit. And you'll get the acknowledgement in God's time. You see, Jesus went to the cross in all humility that we may live. And if we take time to put pride away, and focus on the purity of what God has called us to do, God will bless us in ways that we can't even imagine. See, Palm Sunday is more than a story about Jesus coming into Jerusalem. It's Jesus putting into action his love for humanity. Within humility, goes into town to give his life that we may live. So I guess what I'm saying is this. There is a time to celebrate life 
And there's a, a, a time to, to celebrate our accomplishments. But there is a right way and there is a wrong way to do that celebration. Let's celebrate the way Christ taught us to celebrate. By loving one another, loving ourselves, and keeping ourselves humble before men and before God so that we can receive every blessing that God has for us. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today as we prepare to close our service. Help us to to remember the humble acts that Christ performed for us here on this earth, how he left power and authority behind to come live in this world that was broken. To remember how he took ridicule upon himself that we may live. And to remember that through humility, we as a people will experience life and experience the power that that you have for us in ways that can't be explained. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.